Go for it. Freaking what up, dude? Um, it's Carter Wilson. I'm the host of this podcast that's mine. It's going to be called History is Nice. Again, what up, dude? Welcome back to another ep of History is Dank, dude. I'm your host, Strider Wilson. Just fired up, dude. Posted up here in the Dank studio with my Dank dog, Aaron, on the sticks. Dude, what up, Aaron? What up? Just chilling, dude. I'm fired up. Dude, I don't know if you noticed this, and this is what I always say, and I'm sorry this is a little bit visual, but I think you can hear the energy and enthusiasm coming through me, through coming to you through the waves right now on my voice of how stoked I am. And I'm stoked right now because, do you know that today I got a haircut, dude? Uh-huh. Did you, you, didn't, you didn't know that, did you? Well, no. Thank you. How, how would I? Dude, I exactly, you, bro. A week ago. Dude, thank you. This is what, here's what I'm saying. This is the best haircut I've ever had. Okay. I went in there, and you know what I was, dude? Look, I'm a, I'm a appeaser. I like to be liked. You know what I mean, dude? I'll cook you a steak, and I'll lick your butt. That's the type of guy I am, okay? I just want to hang out and talk. You know, no tax on you. You just got to listen about my day. That's about it. But here's the thing. When it comes to getting a haircut, I got to set the bound. I got I to gotta say, this is how I like it. I've always just been like, yeah, if you could just like um, take a little off the top there, and then, uh, and then they'll be doing it, and I'll literally be not liking it, and I'll just be getting quiet, and I'll be like, mm-hmm. And by the time it comes for me to like hold the mirror up and turn around in my chair and look at the back, I'm just like, I don't even care. <laughs> if I do this, like, is that a way that I can like travel back in time by looking into a mirror, into another mirror, and go back to a time when I said, just you should have fucking buzzed this all off, you know? But Aaron, I set the rules. I said, just barely even touch it. <laughs> barely even touch it. And they go, they go, why are you even here? I go, I don't know. <laughs> Barely even touch it. Yeah. I'll pay full price. Yeah, oh, 100% I'm paying that full price, and I'm happy to, and guess what? I'll be back even sooner. The best haircut I've ever had, dude. I don't even have to use a beanie to do it right now, so I'm really fired up. Dude. And I'll tell you right now, I, I feel sexy. I feel, and it makes me feel sexy, and that's nice. I feel sexy. Guys can feel sexy. You know, I think it's like, you know, once you get a good pump in the gym or you know you you fucking sink a three-pointer or a legit bounce pass playing pickup basketball with you connect with another dude those are moments where i feel sexy i think it's attached to confidence with a lot of dudes you know and everybody's different but for me it's just i feel you know i want to light a candle and just step into the drill factory sans laptop just have at myself you know and just really like it. it's lavender scented candle look at this haircut and just really enjoy that to where i'm at right now Feels so legit. Do you ever light a candle when you're enjoying air? No. I might. I haven't. But tonight might be the night. Save tonight and fight the break of dawn. Come in my drill factory to a scented lavender candle from Target. You know, I saw a, can- a, a candle in Target one time that was called Warm Flannel Embrace. I was like, uh, this is for a lady who just got broken up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. By a lumberjack? <laughs> exactly, dude. A lumberjack or like a ski lift operator. <laughs> um, dude, well, I'm fired up to dive into today's episode. 
And what are you doing right now? We're enjoying a modern form of entertainment podcasting, which, you know, curmudgeons might say, that's radio. It's been around forever, but it's digital. It's on demand, mother efforts. So it's a little bit different. Um, But we're enjoying a form of entertainment in our modern society. And today, Aaron, on History is Dank, we take a look back at different ancient cultures and we go what were they doing for leisure when it was time to relax when you weren't freaking you know hunting or gathering or you know i'm mainly stepping it up to culture i'm not going way way back like you know 10,000 bc dude i'm going you know five, i'm going greek ancient china you know even rome you know after the greeks so not quite ancient we're going into india we're going into mesopotamia we're going, I'm trying to hit in all the continents we're going to the ancient mayas um you know we could have done um, the Andes, the um, fuck. Why am I blanking on the um, the culture that lived in the Andes, Aaron? Uh, this is making me the upset. Incas? The Incas, exactly. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to get into the ancient Egyptians. So just really get a taste of, of what was going on way way back in the day for leisure um, across the globe. Um, so we're going to have a little bit of fun diving into that, dude. But before we do that, real quick, dude, I got to ask you guys a question. And do you identify as crypto curious? Because I do. I'm interested, dude. What's going on with cryptocurrencies? Um, and have you ever thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency? I have, but felt a little bit overwhelmed. Sure. Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple. I'm on there, and I got to agree. It's intuitive. Look, I mess a lot of stuff up when it comes to tech, but the interface on there makes sense to me, and I'm having fun learning, buying, selling, and trading, and texting my bros about it. So for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash dank history. Sign up at coinbase.com slash dank history for $10 in free Bitcoin. And today is also brought to you by BetterHelp. I want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. Um, look, stress comes in all sorts of forms. Um, and, you know, I feel it, uh, you know, when I'm losing sleep or I'll wake up and I'll feel a little bit off. And I think uh, a service like BetterHelp is really important to make sure you're you're being your best self and, and um, really doing the work to, to be as happy as you can be. So right now, listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dank. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash dank. All right, dude. I'm going to be, I'm going to, honestly, I want to like flip a coin and see where we start. But since I'm a little bit, and you know, I'm innately a lazy guy, I went through my research and, you know, I, I w- oh, it could be good to date as far back. I mean, I think China has the oldest, you know, recorded history. I mean, may, that's still continuing to this day, you know, the Chinese culture. And, you know, you could go Mesopotamia, but that's changed over a lot of um, ruling uh, cultures have changed there. You know, you've got your you know, a lot of civilizations, right? Cultures, Sumerians, Akkadians, Babylonians, uh, Persians, dude. Um, so, but... I want to start with just Rome. Aaron, it's easy. It's simple. Sure. We're a Western culture. It's going to be a relatable place for us to dive in because a lot of the stuff we do today is really similar to how the ancient Romans were being entertained. Um, So ancient Roman life, much like our life today, revolved around negotium, dude. That means work and business, dude. It's where we get the word fucking negotiate from. And you know I love to negotiate. You know I love to put on my tack glasses when it's friggin' even if it's a daytime meeting inside of a friggin' boardroom. 
but every boardroom I'm in has a four windows, dude. If you're meeting in a boardroom that has nothing but windows around it, dude, that's elite. You know, I like to step in there with my power blazer on, dude. Mako skin. It's not gray. It's not blue. It's Mako shark skin. It's the color of my scoot suit, excuse me. And I'm cruising in there, probably on a scoot, getting in there and getting stuff done, dude. Shaking hands and immediately dead fishing someone to catch them off guard. That's where you come in real hard at a right angle, and then immediately when you embrace, you just die. Hmm. It's the best handshake you can do. It really catches people off guard. They go, "What was that?" You go. Phew can be a pleasure doing business with you you don't even know what you just got yourself into making gains can you agree with me that firmness is more in the wrist than in the hands yeah it's definitely Firm you're using you're using your yeah because i'm flexing my hand right now and it's like this um this muscle along the i believe the radius goes to the thumb the ulna and the radius of the two bones and the forearm and uh, these are very pronounced for me because I've spent a lot of time in the drill factory. So I'd say, yeah, it's definitely more wrist than it is like. Yeah, you're not looking to squeeze someone's hand. No. That's not what a firm handshake is. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, and I think, honestly, as a culture, we should go back to the Hercules-style handshake where you grasp someone's forearm. How sick was that, dude? Sure. Did you ever watch that show with Kevin Sorbo back in the day? No. Xena, Warrior Princess, and Hercules back-to-back? Couldn't do it. Two of my favorite shows, dude. So sick, dude. And I loved how they shook hands. That's how I'd shake all my bros' hands. And it would be less germ spreading in this era of COVID that we're in. And anyway, dude, cruising back to OTM. <laughs> Guess what that means? Leisure. So you got Negotium and then you got your OTM. And today we're focusing on the OTM, dude. So, you know, you're living in Rome. And look, let's get something out of the way real quick and early. This leisure activities are for the elites pretty much across the board for these cultures, right? You know, you had slaves, a.k.a. gladiators, fighting in Rome, providing entertainment. Um, but the people going to these entertainment were the wealthier people. Um, you know, the owners of of land and various other things, you know, senators and all that type of shit. And then the middle class as well. You're, you get your, um, you know, your merchant class in, in ancient Italy, dude. You know, you're the freaking merchant of Venice. What up, Shakespeare, dude? So, um, you know. It's going to be, it's a privileged thing to go and do these pretty much across the board for these cultures. Um, so what you would have people doing in ancient Rome for leisure activities, we'll get into the public space, but dude, they had board games dating back to ones that we played played still to this day. You'd go to theater performances, dude, taking some acting, dude, aka old school movies, bro. Um, and then of course the athletics, and this especially interests me, dude. And, and I'm fired up to learn about this type of stuff, dude, because, um, it's legit. And you know, you it's fun to go into a culture and, and study it based on what they do for leisure, OTM, pleasure. Because you can learn a lot about a person or uh, someone who, in a culture, based on what they do with their free time willingly, right? Like, dudes who are into surfing. Oh, that's, uh, they would, honestly, you sort of define yourself. A lot of people go, oh, what do you do for work? When I'm at a party, I like to go, <laughs> what do you do for pleasure? I'm that type of guy. Hey, name's Schreier. Nice to meet you. <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, no. It's my dank-ass fiance over here. I'm, I'm just tagging along. These are her friends. And she's uh, here at a backyard party. That's going to wrap up around three because we got to get stuff done um, this week. Go home. Get gear up for the week. And, um, yeah. No, funny stuff. Um, I don't really like to talk about what I do for work. <laughs> I like to know what do you do for pleasure? You know, what are your hobbies, your leisure? Let's get into it. Oh, you do model trains? Fun stuff. Fun stuff. You know? 
So you can learn a lot of stuff. And, and I learned a lot of stuff about this dude, Dan S., who worked at my valet, Aaron. This guy was an interesting cat. He liked to save. He'd always go, you know, a lot of the valets talk about, oh, dude, put your tips away, dude, a little Roth IRA, legit stuff, not too many IPAs, dude, more IRAs, dude. And he'd go, no, I don't have an IRA. I want to live for today. And he goes, but I do save. And he goes, I tuck away. Every tip bundle I get, tuck away 100 bucks. Then at the end of the year, what I do, he goes, I go out to the desert. I rent a car. I rent a sweet convertible. I go out to the desert. I buy myself two hookers. He says he gets two hookers on his way out there. Once he has the hookers, he says he likes to do a bunch of cocaine, go out to the middle of the desert, and he has guns. He says, I like to do a bunch of cocaine, take two guns. And he says, I like to get a blowjob and then do cocaine off of the other hooker. He says, that's why I need two. And then fire off both clips into the air at the same time. Wow. That's what he says. That's how he's his big yearly release. It's his purge. Dan S. Dude. Interesting cat. Let me tell you. Wow. For all intents and purposes, good guy. Strange release at the end of the year. Now look, does it make me trust him with my kids? Am I going to trust him watching my kids? Absolutely not. But, you know, I'll trust him to open up for the day shift. Learn a lot about him. Guy likes hookers, BJs, Cokes, and emptying clips. It's pretty cool. So, in Rome, we've all heard of the Colosseum. You know, you had gladiatorial combat. We've covered this on of our dank off, you know, ancient wonders of the world and such. But <clears throat> they also have something that are called the three basically public spaces for entertainment are the Colosseum, another place called the Campus Martius. And that's a vast floodplain that acted as like a playground for the youth of Rome. So basically, it was a lot of the young boys of Rome, I guess. You know, they said Roman girls weren't doing this, but they would go and uh, play a variety of sports and activities, including jumping, jumping, wrestling, boxing, racing, and throwing. So basic shit you'd see on a playground anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Um, They have the Colosseum. We've dived into that. You know, you got gladiators, a whole 50,000 spectators, but that's not even the biggest public space of entertainment in ancient Rome. The Circus Maximus held 200,000 people, Aaron. And at the Circus Maximus, the most famous form of entertainment was the chariot race. Immensely popular. They say Rome would be empty. You can read these public accounts. Rome would be empty. In fact, the emperor would have to employ, you know, his Praetorian Guard and other um, security forces around the city so that people couldn't go and rob other businesses and homes because everybody would go to the chariot races and watch. And it was like a bullet-shaped... uh, arena. Basically, imagine Joe's hog flopped down and then chariots race around that. Like, you know, wow. you would complete seven laps. There'd be 12 chariots on there. Um, you'd have a blue, green, red, and white team or faction. And ancient Romans would cheer for teams or their color or faction rather than drivers, although drivers or charioteers, as they would be called, uh, would be famous and, you know, um, be regaled and you know they'd be freaking legit there was this really famous dude named gaius apilius diocles dude um and on his gravestone it had his stats which i think is a sick thing if it had stats dude like i have my buddy my freaking buddy jake dude if his stats went down on the gravestone it'd be like 70 uis two on a bike three on a boat the rest in cars you know 185 middle linebacker once had 12 tackles against fountain valley high school um divorced three times married the same girl twice you know 
So it'd be sick if he had those type of stats rather than just a quote. But this guy, Gaius Apollonius Diocles, had the legit stats. He had tw- he raced for 24 years, which is outrageously long because you would die on the racetrack. Um, he raced for the Red Faction. He, he won almost 35% of his races, placed second in a further 33%. Um, very impressive. He only he failed to place 32 times in only 32% of his races. So dude was a beast, bro. 24-year career. Total, he was very wealthy, you know, probably had sponsors, free, never had to buy himself a drink. And people were gambling, dude. People were psychopath. Like, gambling was just widely known as one of the main reasons you went because you enjoyed gambling. And uh, curses were big in ancient Rome. Like, you go to bathhouses and temples and stuff, and people would curse. And, dude, they would have psycho- psychotic curses uh, in the bathhouses written for the chariot. They're like, may the green faction driver die. May the horses die. May they all perish and breathe not one more breath after this race. May they die on the second lap. Like they get really specific. People will be maniacs. They'll poison uh, the horses. Like they'll go to the feed and like try to injure the horses or the charioteers. Like they'll need private security and stuff. So basically like soccer hooligans, like, but way, way worse. Um, actually like kind of tampering with the gameplay, right? Uh, so very, very gnarly. And hey, people say some of this stuff happened today. The Kobe burrito in Sac- or excuse me, the Kobe burger up in Sacramento. Jordan's flu game, you know. Have you ever seen Ben-Hur, Aaron? Yeah. I haven't watched it forever. W- what happened in Ben-Hur? Didn't like an actual actor die in that? In the chariot race? That scene? I don't know. It looked it looked gnarly. Someone I mean, it gets was all real, so yeah. Well, some of it was real. There's some green screen in it too, which is really stands out. Yeah, it's definitely to date. I mean, it's from what the '60s, right? Yeah, they should remake that. I think they have. Oh, really? I think they did a few years ago, and nobody saw it. Oh, you're right. They did. Yeah. How did I not see that? It's right up my alley. I'm gonna have to watch that tonight. I love starting a movie. Midnight after I game with my boys, stay up till 4 a.m., walk sunny, just being a real weirdo. Just thinking about going out and joining Dan S. Um, just holding one of the pistols. Or maybe even, you know, being his cocaine platform. <laughs> maybe Dan F. wants to boof me, dude. Oh, boy. It, what is boofing again? I don't really know. It's an amazing term. I think it's just where you do blow out of someone's butt. That's possible. I've never been dictionary. Yeah, we might have to Urban Dictionary that. Um, all right, let's keep cruising, dude. Chariot race is legit. Huge in ancient Rome. The most popular form of public entertainment. Yeah, it's it's doing drugs out of... Uh, or pu- putting drugs or having someone put drugs in your butt. Yes, yes, to, yes. To, Maybe more so the having. It's for, it's for you to enjoy the drugs, not um, them to take them out of you. Right. See, look, we're learning all sorts of things today. That's a form of, I mean, I'm sure that's a form of entertainment that goes back to a Greek symposium. You know, one of their parties, they were probably boofing back then. Who knows what they were boofing? Maybe olive oil, salty, who knows? Um, So you have the Greek amphitheater. Today, when you go to a show at an amphitheater, it goes back to Greek times, built usually into a cliffside, architectural geniuses. It helped with the acoustics. Um, some of them could hold up to 14,000 people, dude. Um, these theaters, yeah, they're built into the hillsides. They're kind of like half circles. Uh, the stage is below. You're watching the actors. Um, and you would either have tragedies or comedies. All the actors were men or boys. Um, 
and they would wear these masks so it was difficult to kind of hear them even though the acoustics were as best as they could be for ancient times um but the they wore the masks so you could tell the characters apart from you know far away and then you even had the greek chorus which would be uh you know, it'd be uh, sometimes sung or just rehearsed, and it would be shouted out so that people on the back could hear and understand what's happening. It'd be like, this man here is feels, you know, if it was like a comedy, you know, he is just traveled across the Aegean Sea and had a bit of a rare fruit in Persia, and it's not agreeing with his stomach. And then you'd see a guy come out and do an over-the-top thing. I imagine all the comedy was not too nuanced, but look, that's just me condescending. Maybe it was genius. Maybe there's a lot of wordplay. I don't know. Probably was all Greek to me. Um, you've got the fucking Olympics, bro. I mean, we've talked about this. But here's an interesting thing that I learned. The Olympics were just one of the many, actually not many, four main athletic contests that took place across the Peloponnesian Peninsula. Um, these were all very important. If there was a war going on, they would be suspended. And it wasn't just for Olympics. There was also for these other... The Olympics honored Zeus at Olympia. It was the most important one. But you also had the Pythian Games held in honor of Apollo at Delphi. The Isthmian Games held in honor of Poseidon at Corinth. And the Nemean Games held in honor of Zeus at Nemea. Which were basically all equated to... Maybe Nemea is the closest because Zeus is the mo was the most powerful god. But like... Um, you know, we still celebrate the Olympic tradition today, but hey, okay, very well could have been the Pythians. Could have been, you know, going to the Winter Pythian Games, whatever, something like that. So pretty gnarly, pretty legit, still having an impact on our entertainment today. Of course, we've, we've gone over an episode of this Ancient Games. The original game was just a, a foot race, which I think is the best. It's just, hey, how, who can be, who is the better man? Who can get from point A to point B the fastest? Let he have the honor. And then, you know, it gets uh, brought into boxing, wrestling, um, you know, the pancreation combination of boxing and wrestling, like judo and stuff like that. Um, the heavy armor, um, uh, the, the hoplodromus, which is like competing in armor, running in armor, pentathlon. A lot of these things would be that are militaristic and in other cultures we'll find out the main entertainment and sports did just happen for men in, during military training. Um, but also, dude, what you would have at these festivals, like I mentioned, so say you're, say it's, you know, Aaron, you're in 7500 BC and you're posting up and you're going to yourself, dude, I want to go, I want to book a trip to Delphi, post up at the Pythian Games, because you know what I like what they do there? I would watch a few of the games, sure, I'll watch the foot race, but really I'd like to hear this dude that's absolutely legit that comes from, you know, maybe he comes from... Arcadia and he plays the the flute really well and you want to go watch him play or another dude play the fucking Lyre, Lyre, dude, whatever the hell that is. The lyre? Yeah, the lyre, dude. <laughs> it's a guitar sort of thing. Dude, that'd be awesome. You're going to watch it go, a dude fucking rip it on the lyre? Let's go, bro, and sing. So you'd have this sort of Coachella festival around these games, which is so legit. You'd have a concert, you'd watch a play, you'd take in a comedy, you'd take in a... You know, a lot of the things were satirical, a lot of these comedies, so, you know, probably was more highbrow than I was indicating earlier. Um, you'd hear dudes just re recite poems, an epic poem. That's what you'd hear a dude like Homer recite the Odyssey. Like, that's what you'd go hear. Your dude would have that memorized, and he would just tell you the story. So basically, like, that's a movie, dude. And it's orators like, uh... were held in high regard. Like in Buster Scruggs, the guy with no arms and no legs. Dude, a hundred percent. He's an orator. He is. That is absolutely what you would hear. You would hear him just tell these tales. 
Um, 100%, dude. Until um, Liam Neeson found a, yeah, a chicken. Exactly, dude. Neeson found a better better show to, to later, bro. But I like that. I like that basically Coachella is just an iteration of, you know, Greece, but with a lot of commercialism attached to it. Um, also reminds me of my boy AJ, who just relates, relates everything back to Coachella, dude. It's um, dude, literally, we'll be getting Chipotle, and he's like, I'm so hungry for this right now. He's like, dude, I remember kind of reminds me of like how hungry I was at Chopa, freaking Coachella when Florence and the Machine did a surprise set in Sahara Tent. It's like I was about to go get food, but I had to stay in there. I was like, oh, that's like basically how hungry I am. I'm like, shut up, dude. <laughs> the guy will be at the freaking dentist and be like, dude, this drill that you're about to use on me is like basically a smaller drill that the roadies used to build stages at Coachella. It's ridiculous. The guy will be going to sleep, dude. <laughs> dude. But good night, Strider, dude. It's funny thing about this sleep is like, this is what I do at Coachella too. Like, I'll actually sleep out there, but like in a tent at Coachella. I'm like, if you really relate one more thing to Coachella, I'm gonna pin you, dude. It's like that's funny, dude, because I actually got pinned in the parking lot at Coachella. <laughs> yeah, dude, some guy thought some guy bogarted my Adderall, but it turns out that I just dropped it, couldn't find it in the dust, so I got pinned. Shut up, dude. You got Mesopotamia. Now we talked about this earlier. Mesopotamia is like the oldest civil, they call it the cradle of civilization. It was tough for me to learn about stuff. You know, they write a lot of stuff on clay tablets, which are, it's tough to survive the ages. Um, but you do have a lot of, um, in this culture, you have the concept of time, math, the wheel, sailboats, maps, writing are developed here. So, you know, they were doing some intricate stuff. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say, uh, checkers were invented in the city of Ur, um, you know, dudes were posted. I would say it was probably, you know, similar to what was going on in ancient Greece. And you have boats. I mean, maybe you had a sailing competition. That's tight. There was a dude probably wearing white pants back then. Sailing. And, uh, you know, probably freaking pretty legit type of stuff. So, um, but I wasn't able to find too much specific details other than the fact that they had the checkered. Um, checkers was invented there, which I thought was legit. Um, so that's sick. So... Um, if someone does have more stuff on Mesopotamia, I want it like to be interactive. I want to find out more. Um, also, you know, you could read the legend of Gilgamesh, this thing of, you know, they say Gilgamesh was maybe a real dude or not tough to prove. Um, you know, his, his, he goes out and tries to find the meaning of life, what it is to be a good ruler after his buddy in Kaidu, who has a giant dick gets killed. Um, so I bet you they were just dancing. I mean, across the board, every culture dances. I mean, that's the beautiful thing, right? listening to tunes and dancing. Although there is a different ear, an Eastern ear and a Western ear, but it's like, dude, everyone loves to dance. You know what I'm saying? So they're probably dancing for pleasure and leisure. Me freaking super sick. Just probably going to freaking having like, they probably didn't have strobe lights. They didn't invent those yet, but they probably found a legit way to like blot out the sun and go into like, you know, a sick ass hut just like they probably have you know this is the era of slaves are everywhere they probably just have some make some guy move a blanket on and off of the light so it created a strobe light effect so they could have like a blade style techno party down there and they probably have some dude ripping it on what would be their version of a liar I mean honestly dude I think all those bass drops of like techno are just cities from you know, ancient Sumeria or, 
you know, Assyria. I mean, dude, if you told me there was a DJ named Acadian, yeah, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe a lot of stuff, dude. All right, let's keep on cruising to um, ancient Egypt, dude. Ancient Egypt, you had um, sports were an integral part. This is the culture I mentioned, uh, militaristic training. So you'd have, you had a lot of chariot stuff here. Um, some of the earliest chariot races date back to <clears throat> ancient Egypt. Uh, they believe the chariot races are believed to have been uh, actually invented in the Eurasian steppe, uh, like Central Asia. You know, the Mongolian cultures and every and um, the people of the steppe of horse cultures up there. So, it would would not surprise me if um, chariot racing was invented there. And in fact, that's what it, where it is credited to. Um, but you know, you have chariots races also going on in Egypt, which is legit, dude. Which Honestly, Aaron, if I'm going to say if we should bring back any ancient sport, and there's a lot of vicious ones, dude, you know, you know, gladiatorial combat is savage, but it's like, I think chariot racing would be sick. I mean, look, it's high risk. You know, you could definitely die, but you can also die in Formula One, NASCAR, mixed martial arts. I mean, maybe this is a little bit too, you know, cold-blooded of me, but it would be a, a... Pretty gnarly, dude. Four horses. Sometimes they'd do six, but it was really tough to control. Two for a slower race, maybe a little more agile, but four was the typical amount of horses. Imagine that, dude. Dude. Twelve different chariots, four horses, dude. Running around, thundering, dude. Cheering for your faction. Be so legit. That's something that, like, Bezos should put on. He should just buy a piece of land, create his own island with his own rules. Not Epstein style, but Bezos style, and just put a chariot race on there. I'm shocked he hasn't. People in film it. People would watch. I mean, it would be an interesting movie. You had wrestling and weightlifting, so basically militar- militaristic forms of combat, and you also had hunting and fishing. You know, there's sort of a disconnect with me, where a lot of my dank ass fiancés, cousins, and stuff, and brothers are into hunting, dude, and then they'll have hunting conversations, dude. And I'm always like, mm-hmm, sick, dude. They'll talk about how big a, a fucking moose is. Like, dude, elk big. I'm like, so it's just like a horse with antlers. I'm like, no. Like, all right. Like, I wish, like, I love camping stuff. Like, I like going to a Bass Pro Shop and just looking at the gear. But I don't actually want to go out and use any of it. Like, it looks sick to me, you know? Do you think as soon as you buy something from Bass Bro Shop, it's broken? Isn't all camping gear just always broken? Yeah, the broken are full of dirt or sand. Yeah, it's always like as soon as it's used, it's just broken or shit. Not into it. Don't even like fishing. Boring. Hate fishing from a boat. Get seasick. I'm just, yeah, I like Wi-Fi. I like to post up. I like to watch the movie. Fucking the edge, dude. That's about as outdoorsy as I get, dude. They'll be talking about hunting. I'll be like, have you guys seen the edge where he kills a bear? Like, why don't you guys hunt bear, dude? I think that's illegal, actually. Um, All right, dude, let's keep cruising to ancient India, dude. But before we do, dude, I want to let you know, dude, and give you another shout-out to freaking Coinbase, dude. Look, cryptocurrency might feel like a secret or exclusive club, 
but Coinbase believes everyone everywhere should be able to get in the door. Whether you've been trading for years or just getting started, Coinbase can help. I've been on it for about, I would say almost two years now, and I have fun. I have fun buying, selling, trading. Um, you know, it's a good way for me to connect with my buddies. We talk about it. Um, we're all on the Coinbase platform, so it's easy. And, you know, like we can talk about where to look up a certain coin or um, this or that. So it's it really is fun. Um, I like I like learning how to do it, dude. And um, Coinbase is legit because if you're new to it, they offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile apps so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. I do like that. It's not right there on my phone. That's legit. Super easy for me. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets, dude. It's where mine are. So... I'm fired up, dude, and you should get fired up. So whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash dankhistory. Sign up at coinbase.com slash dankhistory for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash dankhistory. And I also... Just want to let you know um, and thank our sponsor, BetterHelp. Uh, dude, this podcast is very, very honored to be sponsored by uh, BetterHelp Online Therapy. And people don't always realize the physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues that can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, sleeping too late, sleeping too much, undereating and overeating. So everybody is different. Everybody reacts differently. Um you know, I've done a little bit of uh, research on myself and then talked to some people. And, uh, you know, I think I hold a lot of stress in my in my belly, um, in my stomach. So, yeah, my digestion is affected by it. And um, sometimes just a mood or whatever, or I'll catch myself scrolling. I'm like, and then I'll be even harder on myself. Like, oh, man, I just wasted time doing that. So um, just know stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And it's important to talk to somebody and learn your indicators or well, whatever it is that's bothering you if it's not stress or something else. Um that's the beauty of BetterHelp because it's customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Um, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. So give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and History is Dank. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dank. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dank. All right, dude. We're talking ancient India. We talk about checkers being invented in Mesopotamia. Well, guess what, dude? Chess. Chess was invented in ancient India. It was devised in India and was known as Ashtapada, which I'm probably saying wrong. It means 64 squares. So... Unlike how the game is played today, it was used to play with a dice and a checkered board, but without black and white squares. So it's a little bit different, but this is basically the iteration for chess, that the, or excuse me, the foundation for the game of chess that we know now. Um, Chaturanga, which I've, I've actually heard of that. Chaturanga um, was divided into four parts and called Angus, which are symbolic of the four branches of the army, just like the real ancient Indian army. It had pieces called elephants, chariots, horses, and soldiers, and this was played to devise war strategies. And then in 600, B, 600 Common Era, Persians learned this game and named it Shataranj Checkmate. And so that's like Shataranj is more is going to be the most similar to um, the chess game. So, but it was developed in India and 
um, passed on to the Persian culture, so Mesopotamia. So basically, you might be able to say checkers and chess to a degree. Um, but Shataranj, the term checkmate comes from the Persian term, um, the game Shamat, meaning the king is dead. One time I was playing, I was watching my brothers play chess, dude, and my little brother was beating my older brother's ass. And, um, oh, no, 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 this is what happened. My older brother was beating my little brother's ass. My little brother just wanted to go in the pool, but my older brother was like, no, dude, finish playing me in chess. And he was just losing. He's like, I'm over this. I just want to go in the pool, dude. And so, <laughs> like, when he was getting ass beat, he just knocked over my brother's king and then ran out to go in the pool. And so it was super disrespectful. My father, my brother, older brother felt disrespected. He goes, because you guys come back in here and fucking pick my king up and knock your king down. You have to do that. Dude. You don't disrespect me. My brother's like, no, nah, I'm in the pool. Like, I'm chilling right now, dude. My brother gets in the pool, he drags my little brother out of the pool. And my little brother's dying laughing at this point because he's taking it so serious and he's just enjoying himself. And he won't, and he's like, he's like, no, dude, I'm not gonna pick up your king, dude. I won't do it, dude. He's like, fucking do it, dude. He's like, no, dude, I can't. And he's just laughing so hard and I'm watching this. We're all just dying laughing. Meanwhile, my little brother's getting the most pissed off, dude. And my little brother's just laughing so hard that he pissed his pants, dude. And I think, cause he's a sick little fuck, dude, he probably saved his piss to go in the pool. So honestly, my brother's anger and, and, la and feeling of disrespect saved the pool from getting peed in that day. So this is just a beautiful story, dude. So sometimes it, it can help to be disrespectful, but hilarious, dude. Just knocked over my brother's king and bailed. <laughs> the game of polo was invented in India, dude. Um, we're jumping time here. It's like more 15th century, but the, the Mughal Empire. But um, the game was... Um, Played, invented in India, the British Empire, of course, colonizes. Um, they spread this sport across their empire. You know, they used to say the sun never sets on the British Empire, and it becomes widely famous. Um, they still play elephant pole, polo to this day in India. Um, they also play in like Sri Lanka, Nepal, Thailand, um, but mainly it's played on horseback, dude. It's also it's played by you. I think in order to play, you have to have a trust fund nowadays. I might not let you on the grounds if you don't, dude. Those are one of those activities where it's like, let's go to a polo game. I'm like, sounds kind of nice and cool. I would like like to see that, but I'm like, nah. Walt Disney got hurt playing polo. Will Rogers, dude, the polo lounge at the hotel I work at, Beverly Hills, dude. Freaking is named after, it's called the polo lounge, named after Will Rogers used to go, go play up like by Malibu, then ride their horses in and get fucking hammered, dude. Early 1900s. My boy Jake would have definitely, if you could get a DUI on a horse, my buddy Jake would find a way. They got this game called Coco, K-H-O dash K-H-O, so I'm probably saying it wrong. It's a game of chase. So it's basically chase, but it was later played on horse and then chariot. So it's basically like chariot racing. Um, you got bullfighting, dude, not just something that happened in Spain. They breed bulls specifically for fighting. Um, so very, very gnarly. Um, it was a popular sport in the Tamil Nadu's ancient tribes. Dude, there's a lot of different tribes in India. Um, it became a platform to showcase bravery, a form of entertainment, and win some dough, dude. And I'm sure they would eat the bowl too afterwards. You got this game called Kabaddi, dude. Um, this is like a old school contact sport, dude. 4,000 years old, dude. Um, and it was played a little bit differently depending on which village you were at but the basic idea is very simple you have two teams seven players on each side face off in a large square arena um 
two halves for 20 minutes each. Players from each team take turns running across the center line to the other team's half court, tagging members of the other team and running back. So once a dude darts and runs back, the other team have to uh, oppose that guy from running back after tagging physically. So and so, but if the guy tags of multiple people, then he makes it back across his line. That's points. Um, if the other team stop prevents him physically from going back, there's no points being scored. So, you know, you could see how this game gets pretty violent, high contact, legit, dude. It makes me think like the dudes that enjoyed this game. Like I think like spiritual descendants of these guys are like the dudes who love playing tackle football at the beach where like, you know, it's a group of bros. They're throwing a football around. Another group of bros doesn't have a football, but they've just been watching the other team play. And then finally their team's like, yo, you guys want to play? Yeah, for sure. Let's play. We got, see, you guys got six bros. We got six bros. Like, let's go. And then cool. And then one, uh, one dude's always like tackle or two hand. And then the team that's always like tackle, like, no, dude, I'm not playing tackle. It's two hand. Call me soft. I don't care. I'm not going to get hit, dude. So some other guy can just get his jollies off and enjoy that contact. Release his stress. Be like, dude, I've got a kid. It's like my girlfriend called me this morning. She's pregnant. Fuck, I need to go tackle a stranger at the beach. I get it, but I'm not going to be that guy. I get it. But this sounds like a sick-ass game, Kabaddi. There's another game kind of like this that goes back. It's like, I think it's played in... Oh, I forget what Italian city. I want to say Florence. I forget what it's called, but it's literally even less strategic than this. It's literally just like guys line up. You go up and literally pick a fight with the other team. And like, I think there is a goal to like go touch the fence on the other side, like a very slight strategic uh, thing. But basically it's just like a group fight. I'm like, that's awesome. This is a little more strategic than that. This game would be really fun. It's just like team tag. And I'm like, that does get me fired up if i was tough i'd play it all right dude, let's cruise to ancient china now we mentioned uh chariot racing on the eurasian step um you got chi Wan. this is from the song dynasty so not quite ancient but i have to mention it because it's basically like golf and you know scottish are the inventors of golf saint andrews right but you, everything dude you can probably relate it back chinese were doing this stuff dude in a long time ago and um basically it's kind of like golf you it's it's a large field. Players are divided into two groups uh, with two to ten people in each. Everyone had three opportunities to hit the ball into holes with a rod. Only when three three hits into the hole were achieved did the player win. So it's kind of like top golf a little bit, which is so sick. I'd imagine just housing some freaking piju. That's Chinese for beer. It's Mandarin for beer, dude. Um, and just really enjoying this fucking game, dude. And freaking saying gongbei, which means bottoms up, dude. What up, dude? I took China in college. It's the only terms I remember, dude. Don't even remember how to ask how to go to the bathroom. Um, also have to mention Kuju, and this is C-U-J-U. Probably saying all these things wrong, by the way. Let's just take that for freaking granted. Dude. This is the Warring States period, 47, uh, 475 B.C. to 221 B.C. Very popular game. Kuju, basically soccer. It's around for 2,000 years before that, too. Ball is made of leather. The outside field on the outside filled with rice bran on the inside. Um, fun and relaxing game. You know, you would play this during downtime in military. In the Civil War, they used to play tag. Baseball is credited for like um, being invented during the Civil War, even though it has roots back to India and everything. Be interesting to get into that. Aaron, do you know the exact history of the invention of baseball? You're a big baseball guy. It's like the 1860s. Yeah. In in uh, New York. 
New York. Cooperstown. Freaking love that, dude. Um, but then it comes from cricket, which is older. Exactly. Popular in India. Um, yeah, very. In China, you'd have opera, dude. So we have we mentioned theater. You have the Greek chorus, but you would literally have the opera. So you'd have these theatrical elements. Um, you'd have a storyline, but then you'd have this singing. You always think of the Italian opera, but dude, you have the Chinese opera. Jiao, back in the Zhao Dynasty, dude, just free, people are fired up on it, dude. There's five branches of traditional Chinese opera. Um, basically, it's just where it is: Beijing, Yujie, Huangmie, Pingju, and and the Yu. Um, nowadays, we have what's what's that advertisement that's everywhere? I can't believe I don't know it. Shenyun, 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 bro. Yeah, that is like the most invasive advertise. Like you go to any local coffee shop, you're gonna see a Shenyun brochure, dude. Hundred percent. It's like you cannot. You drive on any freeway that's not the I five. You see, and it's everywhere. You close your eyes, it's there, dude. This one was particularly interesting to me. Cricket fighting. Uh, you just have two dudes post up. People would sell crickets. Um, you want a larger one with like a larger head and bright colorations. I guess those are like better ones. Um, but you basically hold a, a battle in a ceramic can with like a divider. In the uh, each you know cricket owner would antagonize and you know make the cricket mad with a stick, and it's, you know obviously not nice. Actually, it's kind of resurging today in China, but we're talking about ancient times here, Song Dynasty typically, but it goes back to the Tang, and uh, you'd freaking poke this these crickets, dude, and you you give them special diets to keep them in fighting shape, dude. Probably just fucking lean protein, dude. Probably just. L- beef liver dude and uh then they'd fight each other and the thing is you use crickets because they would they really wouldn't fight to the death they'd fight and like one would submit or just like lose and like the loser is the first cricket to avoid contact so basically i mean it runs away from battle or stops chirping um or it gets thrown from the container so those are how you win so it's nice that it's not to the death um so but do they do studies on this and it's like uh, a losing cricket, if it goes back into the ring, it will only get back to a fight about one out of 10 times. So once it gets dominated and knows that it's lost, it's like, no, I'm not going to fight anymore. Um, if it gets shaken or thrown in the air repeatedly, they will go back and fight like six out of 10 times. So if it loses and doesn't get thrown, <clears throat> like if it just stays in there and gets dominated, it's going to quit. But if it gets thrown, it might still think it's got some fight. Makes sense, but just kind of interesting. And it's interesting that people kept stats on that. Um, so yeah, China did some legit stuff. Also, you got to give a big shout out to freaking kites and fireworks, but I don't think that was till later on. It's not ancient, but just two things that are flying a kite, not exactly the most fun, but fireworks, very sick to play with. Who isn't a pyro? Aaron, every, every boy's been a pyro at some point. Yeah, in their yeah, life. yeah. You got to. You got to. I mean, come on, dude. Flames. Come on, dude. All right, dude, let's go over to the Mayas, dude. And then I think we're almost we're almost cruising out, dude. So the Mayans, dude, um, they had a special like type of ball game um, where you put your hand in your pocket and you just kind of, no, I'm kidding, uh, in your front pocket and just enjoy yourself. Dude, so it's two teams, um, and they try to get a rubber ball through a stone hoop attached to the sides of the course at opposite ends of the court. So the entire community would come out and watch this game, dude. Uh, there was gamblers, you know, priests would perform some ceremonies before and after, dude. Um, the ball court consisted of long, narrow alleys 
uh, with sidewalls. Um, they have been discovered in many mine archaeological arche sites. So this was popular all across their empire. Excuse me, dude, got to fucking hydrate right now, dude. I'm just talking all this sports. You, you know, you don't you don't talk sports, let alone play without hydrating, bro. Um, players wore helmets because it was very dangerous. A lot of contact, leather padding, and protecting their arms, chest, and knees. They also wore yokes of leather or wood around their hips because, like, that's how you were allowed to. You wouldn't use your hands; you use your hips to hit the ball and stuff. So I like that. Um, it was in, yeah, it was always a good challenge. Like, really, did you play any like hand thrown ball sport back in ancient times? It was mainly just soccer type stuff. Kuju, this game here which I want to get a name for, but I don't have the, I didn't have the name for it. It was just like this ancient type of ball game um, on an eye shape, you know, structure. Um, but dude, the thing is a lot of games were played by rival cities or communities who would who would settle disputes without warfare, which I thought was pretty gnarly. It's like, dude, we're going to go to war. It's like, no, we're going to take the best athletes of yours, the best of ours, toughest and go out there and play this game. I'm like, that'd be beautiful, dude. That's really sick. The thing is that's not that sick is that users, losers would get humiliated. Um, sometimes they were ritually executed. Um, sometimes the team would be spared, but then the captain would get murdered or decapitated. So very violent. Sometimes it was used to, you know, prevent further violence, but um, pretty gnarly. And then there would be big feasts and celebrations afterwards by the communities, maybe both winning and losing. So it's kind of beautiful that they would use this game to settle disputes and create further bloodshed and more even though there was always bloodshed. Um, so very, very gnarly. And I think that's important as, you know, sport can be used in more ways than just straight up head-to-head -head competition, even though I think that's the best unbiased head-to-head -head competition. But in Rome, it was there to create, to prevent revolts. You know what I mean? The masses wanted this entertainment. They needed it, dude. They needed to be satiated. And a lot of times with violence and stuff, and you know, We've got the same brains and we're satiating ourselves today with who knows what it is, scrolling on phones, watching violent movies. Um, you know, we do enjoy our sports. Like, dude, during the pandemic, bro, with, without foot, you know, I was so thankful that NFL football happened and that's a very violent game. And, um, but those are our modern gladiators and society needs it, dude. It's kind of crazy. You know, we've, we've progressed quite a bit, but still at the end of the day, or, or, the, or our ancient ancestors. We've got 99% of the same DNA and a lot more powerful toys. Kind of scary to think about. What does my boy Dan Carlin say? We're cavemen with, with you know, AK-47s. Scary. That's why people need to be educated. Listen to podcasts. That's why we need to be crushing podcasts. The most important form of entertainment, dude. <laughs> it's legit, dude. Um, all right, dude. Let's take a few cues and bone out, dude. What do you say, dude? Let's do it. Um, Let's see here, dude. It's from Maddie, dude. What up, God of lovemaking Strider and serendipitous stick lord Aaron, dude? We've got a dank-ass BF, and I want to keep finding ways to make him feel amped and cared for. He fills my stoke tank in more ways than one. Boning. Can you drop some knowledge on things your dank-ass fiancé does that makes you feel loved and fully stoked? We don't live together, so unfortunately picking it in al dente decor is off the table. I want to be as dank of a fiancé one day myself. A humble dank-torian, Maddie. P.S. An episode on Cleopatra and Mark Anthony would be legit and full of boning. It's a good call, for sure. Got to do that. P.P.S. I'm hoping you'll make a surprise appearance at Chad and JT's comedy show May 20th in Arlington, VA. Dude, legit. Um, I won't be in, a, in Arlington uh, on this. I'm joining my bros on the West Coast um, only for this tour. Maybe in the future, though. Definitely in the future. 
Um, actually, they're written into all my contracts. Dude, I don't freaking cruise any farther east in Arizona, dude. Lake Havasu is my cutoff, dude. Sorry, bro. <laughs> so, dude. I mean, I don't know, dude. Unless I got a freaking hazy New England style IPA or something in Virginia. I don't know, dude. Maybe I'll cruise. Kidding, dude. Um, Matty, what a great question. First of all, you sound like the dankest GF in the world. So you, you've got a lucky dude. Um, I mean, but guys are fickle. You know, it's interesting, dude. I don't know. It's uh, I feel most loved by my dank ass fiance when we. I mean, it's very cliche, but like, you know, we'll do stuff together. We'll, um, you know, I mean, obviously we like to freak dance in the kitchen, but there's also little things, you know, like I'll sometimes buy a nice little centerpiece. You know, if I cruise to Trader Joe's, I know she likes to have a flower on the table a little centerpiece flower i'll put that on there you know what i mean but that's another living together thing so i mean yeah if you guys aren't living together um activities are always good like date like experiences are nice you know what i mean um that type of stuff and then also just you know it always surprises me how my dank ass fiance i think most guys are like this we're like i don't need anything like it's my birthday i don't need anything i don't want anything but then my birthday rolls around she gets me something sick because she listens well she's like i was like oh i was talking about some golf pants forgot about that i didn't even know i wanted these and these are sick as hell so you know just being the good listener that you are and obviously the fact that you wrote this lets me know that you are doing that and i mean yeah dude whatever i mean his hobby you can get him a little something that has to do with whatever his hobbies are whether it be paintballing or you know i don't know glass blowing whatever it is something sick like that what do you think aaron yeah i think the little surprises are always cool. I mean, keep those home fires burning. That's 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 a a big big way to show how you love you love somebody. What's that? Physical affection. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. And that's not just boning. That can be a little back rub. You but, know, not but, like a whole rub, but just like a little th- cigarette, out, just like a little. Mm. But do plenty of boning. Yeah, definitely plenty of boning. Healthy, just, plenty of boning for sure. For sure. Um. But yeah, that's legit, dude. <clears throat> you know, getting a nice IPA, dude. You don't have to live together for this, but I, I enjoy IPAs. My dank ass fiance got a, like a fun like mail thing. Like every month I'd get um, different IPAs from like craft breweries in the mail. That was sick as hell. You know, send that to his address. Cool. He's going to be stoked on that. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, that's just legit. You sound like an absolute legend. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, freaking just keep being yourself. That's my big advice. Um, and I'm so stoked on that. I think we just ended on that, dude, because I'm just so fired up on that, dude, that amount of love, that amount of chillness. Um, fired up on this app, dude. I've, you know, go out and get entertained, dude. You know, get entertained. Enjoy yourself, dude. Examine. Go, hey, why do I enjoy this type of entertainment, dude? And think about that. But then, you know, don't take it too hard. Just enjoy it. You know, go watch Batman and just have fun. Um, other than that, dude, fired up, dude. Questions, comments, suggestions, Strider Wilson shreds at gmail.com, dude. Shout outs, the whole deal, dude. Check out the Patreon. Leave a review for the pod. That's always legit, dude. And then uh freaking stay stoked and we'll catch you freaking Danktorians on the next one. Let's